This is Three Valleys Radio. And it's time for some culture. It's time for football. Bloody hell. Guests on the show tonight. Manny Worthington, the overtime midfielder who's just signed a new contract. Ricky Hyatt's here. And so is Dave Hilda Pryor. And so am I. So let's get down to some genuine football banter. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to football. Bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, beautiful start, beautiful start as always. And as you can hear, that Mr. Ad Hopper is here with us. How are you doing, Aid? I'm all right, old dog. It's the others, isn't it? It's people like exactly. Rick criticizing my haircut and things. That's the, that's the problem. Well, Rick, now you've got a chance to come in because Ricky Hyatt joins us again. How are you doing, sir? I was all right until I saw Adrian's haircut, but other than that, I'm very well, thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, Rick. Do you know what? I'm doing very well out of this because it's taking the pressure out of my own haircut. So, uh, yeah, keep going with that. (laughs) And um, we're delighted to say that fresh from his new contract uh, with Yeovil Town, we're joined by the one and only, the Yeovil Town's number seven, Matty Worthington joins us. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Really good. Excellent, excellent. Um, so whilst we have got you on the show, we are going to obviously have to put you on the spot to start with and um, and talk all things Yeovil Town because, firstly, um, congratulations on the new, new contract and you must be thrilled that you've got that over the line and you're going to spend at least the next couple of years um, in green and white. Yeah, no, I'm delighted. Um, it's been a stressful sort of couple of weeks. Um, it's just nice to finally sign it and um, now can enjoy some some time off and get ready for the for the new season. And what's your reaction, Matty, oh, to the to the new uh, the new regime and you know the fact that everything's settled down at long last? Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um, I think Martin's come in and he's done he's done he's done really well. And I think you can see on social media that he's doing he's doing a lot. Um, in the short space of time that he's sort of been in charge. Um, and on a personal note, he's been brilliant with me. Um, I've had lots of contact with him, uh, especially trying to obviously over the, uh, sorting the deal out and stuff. So, no, he's been brilliant. Um, and I think I think a lot of people can see that it's going to be a start of a new a new uh, chapter for the Herbal Town. So, you know, it'd be brilliant. Matty, since you've been at the club, since you first arrived, just how at home do you do you feel here now because obviously you had um there's probably a, was it a couple of loan spells initially before you then signed permanently so you must have a really good obviously rapport with the place obviously with the with the fans that goes without saying as well but you must feel like that this really is um a home for you now yeah i think that's the sort of the the biggest factor of of, of me staying again i think um for me personally 
and I think speaking for a lot of footballers that you have to be somewhere you're happy um, and if you're happy then you sort of play your best football so yeah no it's a place I've, I've lived here in the area now for, for four years so um, it's it's perfect sort of location my family are, are from Southampton so it's only an hour, hour and a half away which is which is nice they can get up to watch the games which is another big thing um, so yeah no I do I do feel at home um, and I'm really really delighted that I can stay for another another two years is it a sort of case of, you know, you want to feel wanted and, and you do feel wanted now, whereas it's been so unsettled over the last two years or more, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For, for a player, you always want to be, you always want to feel wanted. Um, and like you said, touching on the sort of, with the fans, it's 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 a massive thing for a, for a player to have that sort of connection with the fans. Um, it really does play a big part in making decisions with contracts and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, I'm delighted. It's quite a commitment, though, isn't it, Matt? Really, two years going in. Do you have any doubts about that? Going down the division to National League South, two years is is a fair old chunk. Yeah, no, it was a it was a very yeah it was a difficult sort of decision to make. I had about a week where I was sort of a manar and what to do, um, what the best thing for me would have done. I think the last few seasons I've only signed one year deals, Mm -hmm. Um, and with stuff like that, it's always. Speaking to a lot of people, it's always best to sort of do a longer term deal because you never know what can happen, um, sort of injuries, etc. You only have to look at Fish, um, Alex Fisher. Take, if you get a horrific injury like that um, and you've only signed a one year deal, you could find yourself in a bit of a bit of trouble come the end of end of your contract. So, for me personally, it's just a bit of security for for me and my family. Um, and yeah, somewhere I, I love playing. Um, I know we obviously we dropped down a league, which was was not ideal, but um, with the new the new owner and the manager and the, and the players we've got, I, I hope we can sort of bounce straight back up. And I want to be part of sort of the positive change in in the old town. Matt, would it also make it easier for you that? Since you've been with Yeovil Town, I think it's quite fair to say that when a summer comes around, there's been quite a lot of upheaval when you half the squad's gone and you're rebuilding again almost from scratch. That like Rick alludes to there, even though Yeovil have obviously unfortunately got relegated this season, but it seems to be the first season where most of the playing staff are probably going to stay on, barring um, one or two that have moved on. So has that made a bit of a difference that there's that core group there that is still going to be around the place? Yeah, 100%. I think um, that obviously made my decision a bit easier as well. Cause you, as a player, you always got to look sort of what players are in the building for the next season. Do you think it's going to be a successful one? Um, and sort of engage off that. And I think, if I'm honest, if the, the manager wasn't here or the, the takeover didn't happen uh, when it did, I, I don't know if I'd be here now. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really positive about the new season. Uh, like I said, we've got a great bunch of sort of core lads, um, good players that shouldn't be playing in, in National League South. So I think it would be a sort of a massive, massive push for us to, to bounce straight back up. And I think I think we have a really good chance to do that. When, when you have a situation where you do drop down a level, how, how sort of obvious is the, the change in, in the uh, quality of the opposition? You know, I mean, it's it's still a game of eleven against eleven kind of thing. You know, where did, where does the sort of difference in class show itself most? Um, I think in in that league, I think the difference would be sort of the the full time teams um, that are training every day, 
Um, don't get me wrong, it's a, I've, I've mates that have played in that league. I played in that league when I was, uh, I want to say 17, maybe I was on my first ever loan spell was at Eastbourne. I think Josh Josh had the same, actually, a loan yeah. spell at that sort of level yeah, yeah. Um, at that time. Yeah, so um, I had a bit of experience then. Um, but the thing is, with sort of that league, you get a lot of players that uh, have played, played higher up, um, that sort of come to the end of their career, still very good players that have decided to go part-time and pursue a career in, in, in something else as well. So they play part-time football and then they have their job on the side. So there's very good players still in that league. But I think the the sort of, as I experienced, the, the teams that are full-time and are training every day, um, that sort of, that can give you a massive advantage. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest sort of changing between teams so what you're saying Matt, is every week next season don't leave early because in the last 10-15 minutes the full-time pros are going to run the amateurs ragged is that what it is <laughs> well hopefully yeah that's yeah that's the plan um yeah no i think a full-time team you, you should be you should be fitter than than part-time teams and um it's obviously massive that that you yeah, know obviously we're going to be full-time um which is if we want to be serious about winning the league and, and getting back up um that's what we need to do as a club so yeah no i'm, I'm looking forward to it it is a real commitment to actually bouncing straight back and, and making that move the first season isn't it really the number like you say the core players it's only really grant smith of the ones that everybody was hoping were going to resign who isn't who isn't going to be there so it looks pretty strong yeah no yeah like i said especially at that level as well as a lot of yeah. a lot of good players in our team um and I think it's massive that we've we've sort of kept that that core together. Um, and I think speaking to the lads, that we're all on the same page as for for the club. We want to obviously get promoted straight away, but also for our personal sort of careers, uh, we need that sort of bounce back straight away. Um, so yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a good season under the new sort of regime. I'm I'm really excited. Does does that sort of uh, necessity? To, well, say it's necessity. But to, to to bounce back first time, is that going to add an extra bit of pressure? Um, yeah, I think it always does. Um, I think if you're if you you sort of have that in the back of your head you, that you want to bounce back straight away, I think a lot of the teams in our in in the league are going to sort of come to our ground. It's going to be their sort of, of cup final every time, so it's going to be a very difficult difficult season. Um, but for for a play, for a player's point of view, um, there's no reason why we shouldn't look to should look to do really well in that league and and and, and finish at that top spot. So that's a it'd be pressure, but it's something that a player sort of you, you should you should enjoy and embrace really. Yeah, it's certainly a change from a few weeks ago. We were talking about this before the takeover took actually took place, and we were saying you know there was indecision about what was going to happen with the club, which players were going to stay, if any players were going to stay, and the club had been relegated. It's, it was going to be hard enough being the biggest club in that division. You're the ones, like you say, it's cup finals. You're the ones with a target on your back now. You're the skull everybody else is going to want. So, you, you know, you, you really need the setup that the way things have changed. And, and there's a real enthusiasm about the place, it seems, at the moment. It's unrecognisable over the last, last couple of weeks. There's a real, instead of it being something that was like really dreaded and, you know, the, the backside could have fallen out of everything. It seems to have gone the other way now, and there's a real enthusiasm and an optimism, and, a, and looking forward to what can, what you boys can do next season. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, touch on what you said about sort of towards the back end of last season. To be fair, probably a lot of last season it was sort of 
a place where it wasn't there wasn't much enthusiasm um it, it was very flat in the grounds uh, for players for for fans it was it was that sort of uncertainty what's going to happen in the future of the takeover and stuff so it was it wasn't a very nice place to sort of work or or for people to come to and watch the games and enjoy it um but i think you've seen obviously since martin's taken over um the fans seem much more much more happy and excited to, to get back into the ground and, and so it feeds off the players as well i think uh in terms of recruitment and stuff will be will be massive um seeing all the positive positivity of the club um and yeah i think it's it's something you can the the fans and the players can and look forward to being being part of sort of the rise again of of yeovil hopefully be nice to turn out and get a few wins under your belt instead of every week going out and yeah yeah, back to the well, wall. What yeah, you, what <laughs> yeah, you just exactly. touched on there, Rick. Um, talking as um, as a fan, like my perspective on this is, I think now that the ownership situation does seem to be settled and sorted, and hopefully there's the longevity now. That I think, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but if it does help take the pressure off in any way, I think for a Yeovil fan, with everything that's happened recently, they just want to see just a bit more winning football again if you know if it's not a title win and a straight back away a straight bounce back first time of asking as long as there's more you know not looking over your shoulder all the time and you're sort of in the the upper reaches of the league even if it's not quite enough for um you know automatic first time around, it's just having that little bit of feel good and yeah like you say sometimes that make may take one year two years, three years, obviously you don't want it to take that long because um, then you might be looking at, well, what's the financial situation? Do we have to go down to part-time, etc.? But I think, like I say, from most of the fans that I've spoken to, I think it's more of a case of let's just get more winning football back and hopefully then that leads to something. And if it does and it takes even shorter to get back into the National League, then happy days. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's Even for a player, um, I want to be able to go into games next season and we're we're three or four nil up or we're scoring goals and we're and everyone's everyone's loving it because even when games I've missed out this season I've sat in the stands and I've watched it sort of as a as a as a fan. Um there's been not a lot to cheer about. Um and like you said it's people come to watch the games to have a good weekend, have a good day out and enjoy sort of watching their team um put on a good performance and Every fan wants to see goals. Everyone wants to see um, sort of more periods of the game spent in in the opposition's half. Um, I think far too much this season. We were sort of backs to the wall, and we were a lot of us were defending more than attacking. Which is for a fan, I wouldn't want to watch that. <laughs> I was in a couple of games where I missed, and I watched it. I thought this, this doesn't look good. And I, and I can tell, I can see what sort of the fans were were seeing each week. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's just about being competitive again. I think it's been a few years now we haven't we haven't been competitive enough. Um, I remember the sort of the playoff campaign we had at COVID, when we lost in the quarterfinal that season was was brilliant because we were we were we were a very good team and we were very competitive. Um, so yeah, no, it'd just be nice to be competitive again and, and enjoy sort of sort of playing again. I think too, if you're a, a genuine football fan, and, and we all are, there's nothing worse than lo- your team losing. You know, the whole no. weekend is, is you know, if, if if you over or United lose over the weekend, my weekend <laughs> is buggered up, full stop, you know. Now, fortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Fortunately, United have been pretty consistent, although we've had the odd blip. But unfortunately, Yeovil haven't been, been consistent. They've been well. They've been consistently bad, unfortunately. And that's yeah. no, that's nothing personal to you or any other lads. But I mean, it, it just it just wasn't happening. But if the if the background is not right, you can quite understand why you guys have struggled. Uh, you know, at the front, you're you're the ones in the, in the shop window, and and it's very difficult if you go out to play. I would imagine with with all this unrest and uncertainty and who's owning it are you going to get paid etc etc it must have been very difficult i imagine and you know let's face it well i haven't now but i'm sure you guys have all got mortgages to pay and it's not very satisfying when you don't get paid each week sort of thing is it no yeah i think yeah towards the back end of the season very stressful um you touched upon that sort of the, the payment situation and stuff that was yeah it was stressful and like you said people have got mortgages uh, rent to pay um so yeah, when there's so much going on, sort of from the outside, it is difficult. But I think as a player, you've got to just you've got to sort of control what you can control. And I think um, the fans sort of work hard all week to to fund them to come watch you and, and enjoy a weekend. Um, and you work as a player, you work hard all week um, to play on a Saturday. Um, a lot of people training. Some people like training. I, I personally just prefer to get to a Saturday and and uh, play a game of football and, and enjoy it. So, yeah, it's, it was tough with a lot of sort of noise going on in the background. Um, but, yeah, no, it'd be nice next year for all that to be sorted and you can just concentrate on the pitch and all the fans can enjoy the, the game days. Well, there you go, then. Well, moving moving away from, from Yeovil, because um, we've we put you on the spot a bit there, Matt, but obviously we had to ask you those no questions. Get yeah, yeah. On the show. As Aidy's just touched on there, so we go through all the the topics that have happened over the Premier League weekend and other sort of things. VAR often gets a hammering on this show. Um, if you're willing to tell us, and you don't have to if you don't want to, but if there's another football allegiance that you follow and you would like to declare it that isn't Yeovil Town, would you be willing to let us know who that team is or would you rather keep that under wraps? Well, so I'm, I don't, I don't really support another team. Um, massively, yeah, but I, unfortunately I follow Southampton because my, my sort of family are from, from there. Sure. So I've always sort of, I know. Yeah. I've been terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been awful. Um, but no, yeah. So I obviously follow them and Bournemouth because I was there before. So, um, yeah, no, them sort of t- two teams I, I, I follow, um, and, and sort of, Keep an eye on from a distance, but um, yeah, no, it hasn't been a, a great, great year of football, really. <laughs> from, from a Southampton point of view, it was uh, obviously it was nice the fact that you got your easiest game of the season in the last one. I know, yeah, I know. Chucking away yeah. a two-goal yeah. lead though, it's unforgivable. I know, I know. I know. Well, it's should we? Isn't it? Should we? Should we start with that then, Matty? Because from a Southampton perspective, is there not almost? I know a lot of people outside of football say oh, things are different on the last day of the season because everything's kind of wrapped up. Liverpool knew that they couldn't get Champions League. Southampton were already down, so it's a different kind of game. Do you think there is an element of truth to that? And also my follow-up question would be some of the performances when you look at Sulemana, do you think, why were we not doing that when we actually needed that to happen? And is there a little bit of regret there that it couldn't have obviously turned around a lot quicker because obviously it ultimately didn't? Yeah, I think it. I think a massive thing comes down to pressure. Um, obviously, we feel pressure, but you think they're in the Premier League, so they have pressure times one hundred. So it's. I think a lot of it be pressure, and once that pressure is sort of sort of lifted, like Southampton, they're they're relegated. 
Um, Liverpool had nothing sort of, to, sort of to play for, so I think when that pressure sort of lifted, you can play with some sort of freedom, and and I think that's only natural. Um, you can say as a player, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel those things. You should be able to perform like that all the time. But once sort of you have that pressure on you and it's it's lifted, then I think you sort of do play with freedom. That's what you probably saw with the result. Uh, is, against it, um, is it like well. a is it like a last day of term feel? For want of a better yeah, expression, it, it, yeah, yeah, it is. So one, it, it is a weird feeling. It's sort of if you've had like a long, tough season, you know, sort of it's the last game of the season, last chance to play in front of the, your fans. Um, you've got obviously a holiday you're, you're you're looking forward to in the summer in a couple of weeks' time. It's just it's more of a feeling of um, yeah. It's, it, it, the, the last day is always exciting, unless you're obviously scrapping for relegation. You're trying to stay up. It's it's always a nice day because normally you have your family there and you, you see your family after the game and stuff. But everyone's sort of there to watch you the last game of the season. So, yeah, no, it is like sort of the last last of term or for the summer holidays. So, yeah, no, it's it's, it's a weird Everyone, one. Everyone's bringing in ball games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of kids about, aren't there? The last game of the yeah. season, there's always a lot of children on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Honour and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Wearing red, most of them. Um, <laughs> well, well, as a Southampton um, sort of supporter, as you, as you've described yourself more or less, um, what, what was your feeling about Nathan Jones's period there? Because obviously, you know, I know Nathan very well, worked with him for a long time, and I know how intense Nathan can be. And I thought, I thought he was very unlucky to be given such a short period of time to put his series through, because you only have to look at Luton. And all right, they've got a new manager in there now, and he takes all the glory because they've just gone up. But, but I think you know Nathan and Mick Harford put an awful lot of that sort of the underbelly in, <coughs> excuse me, um, at Luton. And I think he would have done the same at Southampton if they'd given him a chance, but they just didn't give him a chance. What What did you feel about his performances there? Yeah, I think uh, like you said, he didn't really give him a chance. That's the the problem with football is always the sort of the manager's the first one to to go. Um, I I just think the team was I think the Southampton team is very young. Um, it was a very young team, sort of an experienced team um, that didn't obviously help Nathan Jones when he was when he was in in charge. Um, mm. I don't know, sort of the players weren't weren't working for him, um, or do, do I mean they weren't doing their best for him but I just think they're a very young and experienced team and I think if you're in the Premier League you're going to get punished if you're not yeah. if you're not good enough and, and I think they have done that unfortunately Nathan Jones obviously was the first person to have to go which is that's that's football and it's yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a weird situation but that's to be honest to be honest done. ironically he'd probably be a decent choice if he was to go in now yeah <laughs> no, yeah. That way around. yeah 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 said this during the Definitely. season that ideally yeah. if they did go down they'd be looking for a Nathan Jones type Manager to, to get them to bounce back up again. Well, they've got yeah, somebody yeah. lined no, up, yeah. haven't they? I've forgotten his name now, but they've got somebody lined up, haven't they? Russell Martin, isn't it? That's the it, Swansea yeah, manager. Yeah. 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 That used to be the name of our picker. I can't think it's him, though, because he died. I doubt it's so. him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But they do need a miracle. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, someone who did get a miracle, I suppose, you could say, is that Everton did survive um, the final scrap. It was between Leicester, Leeds and Everton. And Rick, you were smiling and celebrating because you've been saying for, well, you've been saying for the last two years, I think, that Leeds are going to go down. Mm -hmm. And um, 
to be fair, you might not have necessarily put a date against it, but you were finally proved correct. This well, weekend. if I said it every season, it was going to happen sooner or later, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> they're bound to go down at once. But I don't think that they... Um, it was an odd decision when they got rid of Bielsa, and then uh, Jesse Marsh came in, and I think they, they possibly hung on to him a little bit too long. Sam Allardyce wasn't going to do anything come the back end of the season, was he, really? Let's be honest. To be fair, he was pretty. He was pretty critical. I don't know if you saw him on the. Uh... He backtracked on that a lot of that today, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, has he? I didn't he, hear that. Yeah. You but... know, he was on. If he he had managed to keep them up, he was going to get a bonus of two and a half million quid. Was he? Cool. Yeah. It's not bad money, is it? Really. <laughs> That's not bad at all. But uh, it's it's odd. Everton have come in for a lot of stick about being small time, because they're celebrating the way they did. When they they actually did stay up, but I think that's perfectly understandable, don't you? I mean, they're in it's a whole league, isn't it? That's more than anything. I would have thought it was just the sheer sheer relief that they get the opportunity to get battered again. For, I think it might be Rick, it's because obviously they've had to celebrate it for want of a better word two years in a row. Yeah. So it feels like you're actually achieving something. Yeah, not exactly moving forward, are they? And <laughs> what's the potential for it getting better next season? Yeah, that's always always the thing, isn't it? You've got to be confident that the next season is going to get better, because otherwise you might as well go down. Are we? Are we confident? Doing... I, I don't know. I, I think... Um, I don't know. They've got the right manager to... Uh, if they just... Uh, uh, rather than chase idealistic sort of things and just go with Daichi and give him back in the way he wants to get to, they won't be in that... They I'm not, sure, I'm not sure the... I'm not sure the Everton fans all take to Daishi if they're still like lower to bottom half come October and that's where I think the problem's going to lie do you not think that just the fact that if they know come January February that that it's highly unlikely to be another relegation scrap that would be enough after going going through it for two seasons I think so yeah I think that's that would be their sort of thought process really to try and get Try and get safe a bit earlier on. Um, I think, like you said, when Dash come in, he said they're going to turn into a team that's going to be very sort of work, very hard working and, and sort of regimented. I think, um, which I think I don't think they have been in the, the past two seasons. I think they've been a, a bit miles off it, really. But um, like you said, yeah, if they get safe sort of January time, I think that'd be any progression sort of sort of better than waiting to the last game of the season, isn't it? So. I think he's going to concentrate on his defence, though, don't you? Sean Dyche, generally speaking, that's the way he plays. A very well, sorry, strong defence. Yeah. Well, so, surviving with a 1-0 win at home to Bournemouth kind of sums that up. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I, don't did, think you can choose, I don't think you can choose that particular game as perhaps a, an example because it was inevitably it was going to be <laughs> bloody touchy, to say the least, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, that's fair. But then what a goal to do it. It's not like it, it went off someone's backside in the six-yard box. It's not yeah. a bad goal to keep you up, is it? No, that was his uh, first goal in in a while as well, wasn't it? That um, was his name that scored a couple a couple of weeks ago. The court, he, he, sure. he was he was out of the team under Lampard, wasn't he? Yeah, one of another masterstroke of decision against Frank Lampard's name at the moment, <laughs> and then Dyke put him back in and has vindicated with that with that goal. Well, Frank's he... the best run, has he really? Just lately. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll come on to that because I want to touch on Leicester because. Is this one of the most surprising, or is this the most surprising relegation in Premier League history? Is that too far out a statement to to ask that? 
can't think of one that was more unexpected right up to the last game of the season. Everybody's saying, you know, they, a squad is too good to go down. And that's an incredible squad. Something's gone wrong at the club somewhere. They because... mentioned they mentioned Rick on Match of the Day that there's quite a lot of players that are out of contract. Yeah. Obviously, they got rid of Shemichael and didn't actually replace him. Who? Um, Shemichael. Shemichael. Who's Shemichael? Shemichael. He's just trying to wind uh, you up there, Rick. Yeah, yeah. And um, it just didn't just didn't really work out at all, did it? And I just wonder if there is anything in the fact that they're players that don't really know where their futures lie. Would that have actually made a difference with how they performed for most of the year? Quite possibly. You'll have to ask the footballer. Yeah, I think I think I can, that can play a, a factor. If sort of the club have already made them aware that they're they're not going to be contracted the next year, because sometimes you get told uh, before the end of the season that you're not in sort of the plans for for the club. Um, so that could play a, a part where some players might think or might come off the ball a little bit because they're not going to be there next year, and it, it doesn't really affect them or or they're sort of holding a grudge against the club because they think it should be there or. They're not getting on with the manager, um, so yeah, I think that, that yeah it could be a factor. Like you said, they got some brilliant players um, and, and a great squad. So yeah, something must have sort of gone wrong for them to to be in the position that they're in now. Well, I don't rate him as a manager anyway. I think a lot of them will move on. I think next season. So they've got be... five or six, haven't they? Their regular first team squad that are actually out of contract. So, yeah. but then again, they you could argue that they. Should have put a shift in, put themselves in the shop window, and made themselves more attractive. But they don't that's seem to want to. No, that's it. That's the thing. You can either go one or two ways. You can either yeah. throw your toys at the pram and say, oh, "Okay, well, I'm not going to be here next year, so it doesn't really affect me." Or you can, if you're playing, you can do the best you can. Like you said, you're in the shop window for another club to come and come and get you. Really, so yeah, it's, it's just what what players. Are I know. In, I know. What, in what hindsight, like. in hindsight, you're never going to know. But it's like. You look at it now and you think that Leicester could have cashed in on a lot more money than obviously what they're likely to get now they've gone down. Yeah. Well, you look at the players at Madison, I'm sure they'll still get a decent amount of money for, for him. Um, but that's a, do you, another... Do you think great... they'll still be in a position to be able to dig in in terms of how much they want the asking price to be or would they not be able to have the top dollar they would have been able to if they'd stayed up? Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one, really, because he's he's obviously still a very good player. Although he's part of a relegation side and they've gone down, he's still very a very good player, and um, he's probably his price tag's probably still very high, um, and they probably could still ask for, for a lot of money off him. But I know yeah, it's unlikely, it? but I suppose that Leicester Rick would be able to just for argument's sake keep those players for one more year because of how the parachute payments work. Quite that possibly right? similar, yeah. But then again, with with the Madison thing, it depends if they get interest from two clubs. Obviously, that's going to keep his value high. Whereas if you just got one club, it's like one thing that's going to be quite interesting is uh, the Chelsea situation. They've got to shift an awful lot of players for financial fair play reasons by the end of June, so that they go into a different window financially, and uh, it affects what they can spend moving forward. So there's going to be some bargains to be had there. Of course, I'll just move on to Chelsea too quickly. One thing for <laughs> sure, fine. though, I should think Rebecca Vardy's going to have to reschedule some of her um, television appearances and one thing or another because she's going to need the money. 
You watch some strange television programs. Well, no, I'm just, I read the papers, that's all, you know. No, you don't, you read the Daily Mail. <laughs> no, that's only because it's on the website. Okay. And they're obsessed with it anyway. Mind exactly. you, they're, they're all bloody here at Schofield at the moment on the Daily Mail. It's not to drive you insane. Anyway, moving on. Who gives a toss about... Friendly, friendly enough, I've not got Scoff and Holly on my running order. So, uh, we'll, we'll, Do you mean we to say you've got a running order? That's amazing. <laughs> so, um, well, that's the relegation battle taken care of by finishing that with Holly and Phil. Um, <laughs> European football. Um the last battle, if you want to call it that, was for who was going to finish in Europa and who was going to finish in the conference. And um, Villa pipped it with a 2-1 win over Brighton. And Aston Villa in the Europa Conference, yes, OK, it's not the Europa League, but with Unai Emery, uh, Rick, they're going to go on and win it next year, aren't they? Inevitably. He was delighted. I mean, you can, you can knock the conference. And I know that, obviously, um, I, in a minute, I'm going to absolutely... Uh, sing the praises of the Europa League because it's clearly next season will be the most important European yeah. tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it will. As opposed to this season when it clearly wasn't. But Europa is actually a decent, decent competition now, and the conference is taken over. The conference seems to be like the modern day version of the Cup Winners' Cup. It's like the mm. third tier of European football. And Emery, he's absolutely delighted, judging by his interviews, to to be in it because it's European football, isn't it? Who are we talking about? Jürgen? Jürgen no, the German. <laughs> yeah, but no, Rick was saying he's delighted to be in it. Well, um, Jürgen's in it. Oh, no, he's in the Europa League, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah we're, we're big time. Yeah, I'm getting totally confused. You just concentrate on what Rebecca Vardy's up to. And we're yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I will, I will, I will. Good man, good man, good man. But no, they, they are... We've got some interesting um, clubs in Europe that haven't played in European football for, for quite a long time. So, I mean, I can't remember. Newcastle, they keep saying are back in the Champions League. I can't remember them being in it. Were they in there under Bobby Robson? Yeah. And they were... It, it was in the when... days of uh, Spriller and people like that, wasn't it? No, so it, they got in in the early noughties when there was... Like, I don't know how long this was for because it was when I just started following football. But there was a instead of a last 16, there was a second group stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think they were in they got to the, like the second group stage and then right. fell at that hurdle. I think, well, but I think they're only in it for one year. Well, they're only in it for uh four group games or six group games this time and then they'll be in the Europa anyway. Well so. this is the last this is the last year at that format as well, oh, isn't it? This is gonna be a nightmare moving forward. This Swiss model thing, which is a super league by the back door, that's gonna be a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. And it's only because it came on the back that they managed the Super League actually did UA for quite a big favour because if they'd have just come up with this without mentioning it, without there being the Super League competition People would have been up in arms about it, but because it comes as a more um, palatable alternative to a Super League, they're going to push through these changes because we're getting five places, aren't we, next season? The five Champions League places? Uh, yeah, it's all because the coefficiency is going to be scrapped yeah. and it will be a different method. Yeah, I'm not sure how that because I don't know if the Champions League format means that the Europa League and Europa Conference will be the same formats as well or not. Oh, no, I don't know. That's a good point. 
Um, unless AD or Matt know the answer to that. <laughs> no, I'm no. confused by it all. I don't know. Yeah, I am. I I, it actually happens. You don't play... Everyone's in one big league table, aren't they? But you don't necessarily play everyone else within that league. You play selected fixtures out of it. Yeah. Correct. And then it's whoever finishes in the top... I'm trying to work this out. Well, I was going to say top eight. Would that be right? Well, it'll be eight or 16, won't it? It depends on yeah. how many clubs are in it and when they want the... It'll be 16, won't it? Because that's when normally how many are in the first knockout round. Yes, but correct. And then it goes quarterfinals, yeah. But, yeah. But how long is this... You know, back along... If you finished fourth in the um, uh, Premier League, you got into the Euro, uh, the Champions League, but you had to play a, a pre-qualifying game or something from memory, because it was always Third, a, a well. very early start to the season. Like it was sort of, you know, it was sort of mid-July, and they were playing this European Champions League game. Well, that seems to have disappeared now. I don't know quite what's happened to that. Coefficients again, isn't it, though? Is that? Well, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that they allowed the big the big leagues to just go straight in because of the money. Because you remember when the only English club ever to have done the treble did the treble, that year had to play uh, play that game before qualifying for the groups for the Champions League. United had to play someone from Poland or somewhere mm. early August or something before they could qualify for it. So it's not it's not always been a case if you just go in the in the um, groups from the top four. No. Mm. What do you think about uh, the Champions League final, Matt? In terms of what? In, what in do terms I think of, it's well, who do you think is going to win? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, who do you hope wins, Matt? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> I, 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 I can't really say. I don't know. Um, it won't be Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, talking about obviously Newcastle a minute ago, um, let's see how good they've been this season. It's been, it's been incredible. I think they're, they're, they've changed completely under Eddie Howe. I think he's, he's they're ahead of schedule, um, aren't they? They are, yeah, Massey. I think they could, they probably can. They say themselves that they are definitely ahead of schedule. Um, but no, they've they, watched them quite a few times. And they've just blown teams off the park. I think in terms of their sort of energy and their their sort of their attacking plays, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I think they'd be very seasons to come. I think they'd be up there. I think they'd be. Do you think the problem now, Matt, is that that now that they are ahead of schedule, the players like Jacob Murphy's of this world, etc might actually just get shipped right out now and the players that have actually helped get them there might be moved aside quicker than it would have been if it would have actually taken two, three years to get into the Champions League. Yeah, I think so. I think I saw something uh, Eddie Howe said the other day. He said they, they weren't going to do massive things over the transfer sort of over the summer and whatever. They weren't going to go stupid and spend loads of money. I don't think they need to. I think they've been so competitive and they've got very good players at a good age at the, in the in their team, so I don't think they'll go too mad, sort of shipping people out and getting new people in. I think they'll obviously add add to the squad, but I don't think a lot of them players will, will not be playing sort of next season or, or or whatever. But they need a bigger squad anyway, won't they? They can they can add to that squad, add a bit of star quality to what would be primarily their Champions League squad. That's it, because they're going to have um, two games a week, which they haven't had this season, so they haven't. No, yeah. 
Well, no, yeah, definitely. That's possibly yeah, the sort like of said, thing that cash them out, isn't it? Yeah, it's a diff- whole different mindset, isn't it? If you're just pre- prepping all week, it's gonna it's gonna hit Arsenal as well because they didn't yeah. have the massive massive run in the Europa League. So all of a sudden you're gearing up to have two really competitive games in a week rather than having the entire week to prepare. It's bound to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll be a massive difference because obviously not all the time the same squad can play every game, which well, they'd probably be able to sort of stick with a similar squad each each week, um, similar to Arsenal really. But next next year they're going to have to sort of like you said have a big enough squad that they can and have the depth in the squad they can chop and change because um, it'll be yeah, it'll be tough. Because it might actually make a difference to them if they. Given that circumstance, it wouldn't be surprising if, because they are ahead of schedule where they are, if they don't actually qualify for the Champions League the following season because yeah. of the commitments they've got this season. So it could all, it's a difficult one to manage, really. Yeah. Like you said, they can always, they, yeah, they could have an unbelievable, well, they have had an unbelievable season this year, but it could, it could change next year. <laughs> you can have a very good season this year and then, sort of, like you said, all the sort of commitments they've got this year could have an effect on, on next year. So, you, yeah, you would expect other clubs within the league that haven't done so well. Chelsea, you know, for one. Spurs, now that um, if they get a decent manager in, that could make a difference. Liverpool yeah. might even make a challenge for the Champions League, which would be unusual. The way football is now, Rick, you wouldn't, find, you wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of weird loophole, hole, which means that if you win your group in the Europa League, you get into the last 16 of the Champions League or something. Yeah. <laughs> in, your dreams, about... so in your dreams, Sunshine, in your dreams. Talking of um, Europa League ago, though, we have to talk about Brighton because they've been obviously unbelievable this season. And, AD, how impressed have you been with just how they go about their business? And do you think that they'll be competitive in Europe next year considering there's bound to be um, turnover of players but they tend to just bring the right ones in at a fraction of the price as what they sell them on for. Well first of all a, a little uh, a side story you know this guy um, Fer- is it Ferguson the youngster 18 year old? Oh yeah yeah. 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 Well his granddad works in mm. North Perak Fruit Farm shop would you believe? Just sort of chuck that yep. in as a little bit of interesting no, news for you. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. So, uh, so, he, so he's coming to Yeovil, is this what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, do you fancy working in a fruit farm shop, Matt? No, I don't think it's not sure your side, really. But uh, <laughs> going back to Brighton, as I got died. Yeah. Guy, uh, I think they've been incredibly good. Uh, I find it quite unusual why they keep starting the game with Danny Welbeck on the bench all the time because he seems to be one of the ones that's scoring the goals for him and yet he's not getting a start. He's coming on in most games, I think, but uh, just a bit surprised that they don't, uh, they don't pick him for the, for the, you know, the initial 11. Um, but I think, you know, the manager's certainly something about him, isn't it? He's got a, you know, he's got a... Um... He's a fiery little bugger. Oh, Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he, he's almost got a bit of Mourinho in him where he goes rushing down and diving up to his knees when they score a goal and <laughs> that, you know. But, um, but no, I think they've been incredibly good. Uh, excuse me, how are they going uh, to cope when they get... Because he said already, isn't he, he's admitted that um, uh, the Argentinian guy... Uh, do, you think, do you think, Abe, that's, that's refreshing? Because you don't normally see a club 
that sells their players and they actually everybody's really upfront about it and says yeah we're going to move them on but it's fine because we're going to bring in x y and z normally nine times out of ten clubs are like really coy about their business whereas brighton have been really transparent about it yeah you're right they have um but i mean <laughs> you know to say that they're going to let the two go is it called I could never pronounce these names, but you know the guy I mean anyway. But on the other hand, look at this, 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 uh, this Uruguayan guy that they came on, scored a screamer against uh, a couple games ago, or last game was it? Um, I mean, mm -hmm. he looks a, a, a very adequate replacement for somebody. So if they that's can their, bring that's in... That's their business model, isn't it? They yeah. always, like Brentford, do the same thing. They've always got the next player after lined yeah. up for when... Yeah. When, the, when the run moves on. So, and, and how often do you get a Japanese or a, or a Chinese player excelling over here? There hasn't been many over the years, have there, really? And, uh, you know, again, I'm sh shocking with names, but you know the guy, I mean... Metoma. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. I mean, he looks quite useful. But So I'm not surprised that they've done it. Uh, again, as Rick's pointed out, how they're going to cope with the... You know the extra games would be interesting to see whether that does affect their their rhythm and their ability to keep stringing wins together. But uh, you know they said, and I mean Brentford's the other one. I think Brentford yeah. have, have, have you know done remarkably well. I mean when you consider not those many years ago, I was on the pitch celebrating because Yeovil had won at, at Wembley and beaten Wem uh, beaten Brentford, and and look at it now. We're in National League South and they're in the Premier League. It's unbelievable, just, isn't just it? Just to reiterate for, for latecomers, you, that was in a professional capacity as a press officer, Absolutely, not as yes, the yes, players. Yes, we better any any listeners that is absolutely true. I was on the pitch because so, I <laughs> nearly got we to clear I, that yeah up. I nearly got ejected off the pitch because I was taking photographs and all these stewards were chasing me <laughs> off. And good old Skivo told him where to go. Which was quite amusing. Not like so, Skiver. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, Skiver and Darren Way, they told him where to go in big time. There was two of them. They were dragging, literally dragging me off because I was trying to take... Because, I mean, look, that was that was never going to happen again for Yeovil and we wanted to get as many pictures as we possibly could. So I was banging away with the old camera and this bloke was pulling on my arm. You've got to come off. <laughs> you haven't got the right pass on. Don't what? tell Matty it's never going to happen again, or he wouldn't exactly. have signed on. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> what have you got well, now, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you never know, do you? But it, it was it was a, an unreal day, I must admit. It was an unreal day. But, you know, and, and Brentford, well, I mean, I, I just think what they've done is amazing, quite honestly. I really do. I think they're, you know. Well, they were unlucky not to get a European place themselves yeah. in the end really only because Aston Villa's strong finish to the season um, obviously Spurs did win big at Leeds um, just very quickly on Spurs because Ada you mentioned about a couple of weeks ago about what strikers potentially Manchester United could be looking at and I don't think that you were really in the camp of agreeing yes to, to Harry Kane because of his age and things but just looking at his stat, I think he got 30 Premier League goals. Is that right? And considering yeah. they finished seventh, if it wasn't for Haaland, I think we'd be talking about one of the best seasons a striker's almost ever had. So has that changed your mind at all? Or do you think it still well, still wouldn't be quite right for Manchester United? I mean, you know, he's quite clearly a quality player. You can't answer that. His record, his goals, everything. He's, he's brilliant. But he's also 30... 
So I'm just a little bit dubious that, that, that you know, they're going to pay £100 million or more for him. Would if... you take him on a free at 31? Um, yeah, I would. I'd rather rather go well, down that route than paying uh, big money for him this season. Yeah, I'm I just a little bit, little bit edgy about it, that's, that's all. I mean, there's no doubt we need a, we need to get a um, uh, you know a quality striker to to go with Marcus. I guess the trouble is you're not going to be able to wait because if you need a top quality striker now, you get them now. It's like what City did with Haaland. They wanted Kane, but now they've got Haaland, they're not going to need Kane anymore. And I guess depending on what mm. you decide to shop in the summer, the Kane deal probably won't happen if it doesn't happen this year. And of course, but well, the other. Daniel the other the other side of the coin is, of course, that you know, if, if Kane is to prove an article, which he is in the Premier League, this guy Victor Ossie, whatever his name is, in Napoli. Is that another one you don't know the name of? Yeah, that's the boy. Yeah. Yeah, you never watched it. football, Adrian. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> I'm just not, you know, it's the same with all these horses I have to name. It's you try it's, it's, some of the names of horses. Forget it, man. Hopeless. But anyway, going back, going back, going back to this bloke from. Um, Napoli, is he going to be able to turn that form in Serie A to the same form in the Premier League? Don't know. It's all a big gamble, isn't it? At the end of the day, and it is with the, the amounts of money that you're talking about as well. You almost, if you're paying that sort of money, you want a guaranteed, guaranteed result at the end of it, which which Kane is. But Daniel Levy is not someone to do mm. do business with, and I can't see Kane moving abroad anyway. It, I, it'll see his contract out at Spurs. Yeah, I think you will. Guarantee it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think how do you think? How do you see? Yeah, how do you see a I situation? If Man United could get Kane, I think the, I think they should. I think even for any amount of money, I think he's he's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League, one of the best strikers. I think I don't think he looks like he's sort of losing it or or, or aging really. I think he's one of those players that's going to play uh, for a few more years uh, consistently. Um, and like Eddie said, I think you you almost go for for someone that's proven in the Premier League that score goals rather than sort of how many times you see people come from abroad and and do it really in the Premier League. Apart from obviously the likes of Haaland, um, there's very few people that will will come and hit the ground running and score for a massive club like United consistently. I think Harry Kane would. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's difficult. I think Kane will will play for a few more years. Yeah, I don't think he'll. But like I said, I I can also see him seeing his contract and, and sort of finishing at Tottenham. If it doesn't happen this season, if it doesn't happen this season, I can't see him really going anywhere. Um, no, I think this is his like last, United. almost his last chance to move, really, for that's big it, money, yeah. isn't it? Because uh, another year on the clock will will presumably that's clock, clock. I said there, not clock. All right. Hilda, <laughs> Klopp, Noted. Klopp. You'd think being a year older that his saleable value drops anyway. So yeah. you think if, if you would happily pay £60 million for him now, if you wait till the end of the season and then you've got to pay £30 million signing on free for him because he's on a free, in effect, you've saved yourself a few quid doing it that way around anyway. So yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. And he, I wouldn't also don't think he wants to play outside of the country because he wants to share his record. Yeah. Do, you, do you think he would uh, he would hang on to the end of his contract and then sign another one for Spurs, or do you think he would definitely leave regardless? Mm. It's, it's I think he'd what's about, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think especially after this season, I think I've watched Tottenham a few times. They look poor. I think Son is not the same as he has been. I think he's been off it. And I think them two sort of when they're both in form, they're 
very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think he'd, he'd definitely look for his options. I think Tottenham, have, yeah, they have been poor really. Yeah. If he's been promised, if he's been promised instant success by Conte, Mourinho, and it hasn't happened. Yeah, I know that you, you do obviously get baggage that comes with it. I don't think he's going to care if they get another name that comes through the door that tries to persuade him because he's just going to think, do you know what, I've heard this before. It's now yeah. time to go. Yeah, there's, there's talk of them having a different approach this time, isn't it? Rather than go for a big name, which they've done with the last two, hoping for that instant, get somebody who's more used to building a squad. I think they should still look at Rodgers or Potter. I know that like it obviously didn't work out at Chelsea yeah. drastically and Rogers it didn't really work out in the end at Leicester but we all know what happened with him in the end but Matty you're no working in the industry do you think it's very easy to write managers off when actually they could just be they could be absolutely first class but the fans don't necessarily see it because they just look at what happened before they were dismissed somewhere and that just always seems to be the legacy yeah definitely I think you only have to look at um, the Luton manager um, obviously, he got sacked at, at Watford, didn't he? And then yeah. he's gone and along with got, everyone else, <laughs> yeah, gone uh, and got promoted with Luton. So it's it's yeah, I think the managers it's the same as a player. A player can go somewhere, not do well, and then he can go somewhere else and, and do very well. Um, I think it's always hard in football because the managers sort of get the the most stick if the if the team isn't doing well, which is not right. Sometimes it's the players are out on the pitch. Obviously, the the manager picks sort of the the players to play in the formation, but um, but yeah, no, like I said, you look at the what's his name? Is it Rob? Rob? Uh, what's the Luton's uh, Rob name? Edwards. Rob Edwards. Rob yeah. Edwards. Yeah. So he got sacked, and he's he got promoted with, with Luton. So I think it's the right manager at the right team. I think they can do well, but I think the players have to sort of have to be similar, sort of the way they work to the manager. Um, you can't put a manager in to a team that's full of players that that can't do what he wants them to do because it just won't work. If you were if you were Rod Ed, Rob Edwards, would you feel almost embarrassing that the team have gone up? But, I mean, it was how long has he been there? It's not that many months, is it, that he's been no, there? Six, six uh, I think it's longer than you... Yeah, it was before Christmas, wasn't it? He went in there. Was mm-hmm. it? I was just thinking, yeah, you know, because so. Luton... Again, going back to Nathan yeah, Jones. Yeah, it must, it must have been because um, Jones went to Southampton over Christmas, didn't he? Yeah, well, well, maybe, maybe. But I was just thinking, you know, is he going to feel a bit embarrassed because it was mainly Nathan Jones's work than rather than his? But speculation, anyway, yeah. isn't it really? Speculation. Yeah. I think I think it was I think it was about six months. I think or maybe a bit longer. So a long, yeah. long time left the season for something to go wrong, isn't there? Yeah, that's true enough. I mean, I guess it always helps when you're going into a winning team because normally as a manager, you're going into a absolute, you know, rubbish situation, to say yeah. it politely. So the fact that you go into somewhere where everything's already tickety-boo, maybe in some ways that's more difficult because you've got to try and keep everything, like, the same yeah. without Just trying to change too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that more of a difficult job, maybe? I think so. Yeah, I think it's if you go into sort of a winning team and something changes and you start losing, I think it's everyone sort of yeah. like what's going on. I think if you go into a team that's losing um, and you start winning, it's brilliant. If you if you're still losing, then it's it's not so much of a, a massive change. But if you're if you're winning every week and then new manager comes in and you start losing, it's, it doesn't look good, does it? No, not at all. How how is uh... How how is Jurgen's hamstring these days? Is it all right? Is he? 
Um, I was going to say he's on his knees, but that's probably not very good uh, to say, is it? No, he's here he <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could see this. Uh, you've got Hilda playing around with a glove puppet of Jurgen Klopp. It's pathetic. It really is. This is what we have to put up with every week. He brings in. I must point out. I must point out, Matty, that um, I've got this cut out because my partner brought him to my thirtieth birthday party, and that's why I have him in the house. Oh, that's why. No, no, no other reason. (laughs) I think it's about time somebody sneaked into your house and set fire to him. Rick, when you came down, when you came round that one time, I should have just popped in right in the front of the oh, door. No, <laughs> I was having a bad enough there as it was. Seeing it, I would have finished me off. Quickly, quickly moving on. Then he says because we've only got around about four minutes left. So obviously we've got a double podcast because we're going to do one on Wednesday, as we do now on Free Valleys Radio. So we've got to keep some topics back but i just want to touch on the fact that we're just saying about managers there but pochettino has now been announced mm-hmm. as chelsea manager um do we think that is a right fit at the right time um or is this going to be a situation where it's going to take a good few years to get chelsea back up to where they are because the way that Bowley's gone in there and done things at the moment it's going to take a little bit of unpicking and like you said rick they've got to do a lot of business going out the door to try and make sure that all the books are starting to look a little bit more healthier from an FFP perspective. Looking at the way they played last Thursday, it's not a job I'd be looking forward to going into. They were an absolute shambles. Mm. So, uh, best of luck. Do they need a Pochettino type? Yeah, Or is it it not really the squad? Because it's more, not Galacticos, but it's, it's names that they've picked from all over Europe rather than youngsters coming through because we know about their academy you touched on it last week but he'd have to then go to the owner that he wants to bin everything off and turn it upside down and i just wonder if that means that come october he might be on his way out quite possibly quite possibly but he's not they're just i can't believe how bad they've become in such a short period of short period of time and they ended up it's a frank lampard effect that's what it is it's what I think, uh, It's the Frank Lampard effect. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think, said, like I said, they've, they've gone and signed all these massive, massive names. And I think you look at sort of the Brighton, how well they've done, and sort of Villa and stuff. I know they've got good players, but you can't always go and buy the massive, massive players and expect a, mm. a team to do well. You have to have sort of a, a team sort of balance and morale. And um, I think, yeah, it'd be a hard job for him, especially what Rick said about a lot of players are going to be moving on and they're going to sort of have a massive change. It'll be a big job for him, but it definitely needs a new sort of manager, doesn't it? A new a new face to it. So I mean, it might be exactly what they need, a completely yeah. set of eyes on it and and go with it from that. But yeah, I, I felt for Frank Lampard, actually, because he goes into that. It's a disjointed dressing room. If they're bringing players in left, right and centre. Similar to Nathan yeah. Jones, a different sort of level. He got foisted on with a whole load of players that he didn't sign. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's not it's not easy. At least Pochettino's got a summer to work with him now, and he can work yeah. out who he does want and who he doesn't want. Well, and bearing in mind we've got half a minute left, gentlemen, um, mm-hmm. I'll just make one point in Pochettino's defence. Really, he did take what was uh, uh, certainly not as not as bad as it is now, but it wasn't a great Tottenham team. He did take them to the 
uh, Champions League semi-final, was it, or the final? Final. Final, wasn't it? So, you know, he can't be that bad. But anyway, on that point... And he's a, he's a former Spur, um, Spurs, former um, Southampton manager as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. But gentlemen, I'm afraid we have reached the end of the road. So, first of all, thank you, Matty, for joining us. Thank you very much. We've been That's trying good. to get you. We'll get you again soon, but uh, we've been yeah, working definitely. hard to get you now. So we've <laughs> yeah. achieved our objective anyway. But thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks, Rick, Cheers, for coming thank on, you. mate. Uh, thank you for not feeding me a line about Manchester City's 115 charges this week. Okay, then. Um, how did the cricket go? Uh, moving on. And moving on is exactly what we've done because that is the end of the show. 